scientists, the politicians. Because how do we get more voices, different modalities, different ways of speaking and acting? Hello and welcome to the Masterpod Season 2. My name is Laura and we're back with a brand new episode. This is the first time that I'm actually interviewing someone live since one of my guests, Amelie, and I are currently in Stockholm together. Actually, I'm in the living room and she's in the bedroom. And I said one of my guests, so you might have figured that this time I'm not interviewing only one, but two people. So let's see how this goes. With no further ado, let me introduce you to Amelie Hartung and Ella Giraud, who wrote a children's book on plastic, which just got published. Hi, friends. Excited to have you on the show. How are you doing? Hello. Very Hi. <laughs> so I guess you're doing well. <laughs> yes, we're doing very well. Thank you for the invite. <laughs> Great to have you here. I just said that Amelie and I are in Stockholm. Ella, where are you calling in from? I'm in Berlin at the moment. You're in Berlin, but I heard you live in Zurich normally, yes, right? Yes, yes, I live in Zurich, but I'm from Berlin. And so it's, uh, yeah, we're on vacation at the theater where I'm working. And so I spend uh, part of my vacations in Berlin. Yeah, that's always a good place to be. Amelie and I, whenever we say that we're from or we live in Berlin, people in Sweden are like, oh my God, I want to visit. I've been to the KitKat club. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you're not here on the podcast to talk to me about Berlin and uh, how great it is, but you're here to talk about your book, which just got published. Congratulations to that. And I am very excited to hear more about it. But first of all, Ella, maybe you can tell me a little bit about who you are. Yes, um, I'm Hey, my real name is Elisa, so um, <laughs> that's also written on the book. So uh, I'm Ella, I'm 30 years old, and yeah, as I told you already, I'm from Berlin, but I'm living in Zurich um, for quite a while now. And I left Berlin, I think, already 10 years ago or something, uh, and uh, yeah, lived quite around the world already and ended up in Zurich. Yeah. And, and yeah. you work at the theater there. Yes, yes. That's very cool. It's um, also very fun that your nickname is Ella because one of our great tasks um, during our vacation in Sweden for Amelie and me has been to figure out what the Swedish nicknames are because, you know, you shorten them very interestingly. Like Simon becomes Simme and Wilhelm becomes Wille. So Elisa becomes Ella. You're practically um, a Swede. Uh, Amelie, who, who are you? <laughs> My name is Emily. I am a yoga teacher in Berlin. I also worked the last five years in cultural management. And yeah, I'm very into sustainability. And that's why we're here, I guess, today. That's very true. The book you published is called in German, Dodo und das Plastikmeer, which we this morning decided to translate to Dodo and the Sea of Plastic. I hope that's okay for you, Ella. You're nodding. Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> Great. So uh, you just mentioned that you went to school together and three years ago, you suddenly had an, I guess, suddenly had an idea of publishing a book. Um, how come that you decided to write a book on this, you know, very timely topic? Yes, my mom, she's a primary teacher or like, I don't know if um, that's a common thing, but she's teaching ethics or it's called Lebenskunde in German. And so they usually talk about plastic. And then she told me she's looking for a book for like fourth grade, fifth grade, and she can't really find a good book. And I was like, wow, that's weird. Because also three years ago, like the whole zero waste shops came up and like the whole debate got even um 
yeah, a bit more intense. So um, I started researching and I really couldn't find a good book for that age that explains children, especially school kids, um, what the problem is with all our plastic waste. So um, Ella and I, we met and then I told her about that, um, yeah, that I couldn't find a good book. And then, I don't know, we were somehow thinking, well, maybe we could just write a book about that. And I think that's yeah and it's i think exactly three years ago but it wasn't uh, because it was in summer and we met in a cafe in berlin and you told me about it and we somehow got super excited about it that we want to write this book for amelie's mother and for for the other teachers and yeah that's how it started and then yeah it took quite a while to to really to really get started and um to get in the publishing process especially is the topic of plastic something that is very important to you? Or was it really more because um, your mom said that there wasn't a book about this? Um, no, I mean, I think everyone has those moments when we just bring down the garbage and it's like, wow, it's so much waste. Like, why is it so much? So I think, yeah, um, I had that for a while and Ella too. So I think that's also why we were so drawn by that idea that we could maybe like do something or write something because I think especially for younger generations it's important to to tell them about the problems and the consequences of too much garbage and what it does to the world so yeah absolutely um you mentioned before that you guys met in high school when you were in high school were you like extremely good in writing or um did you ever think about becoming authors when you were that young or how old were you when you met I would say around 16 or something. 16, 17. Yeah. So still the time yeah. to have big dreams. Like <laughs> yes, uh, I think I never thought about uh, writing a book, but I wrote already. Like uh, I was in a school band <laughs> at that time. And uh, yeah, we wrote songs, but I think, yeah, I wasn't that deep <laughs> and uh, but I but I al always loved uh, stories and um, and um, how stories can have an impact on things um, on people on society and I I, al I always loved language and uh, so I think it's not a surprise but I never expected it no. yeah same for you Amelie Yeah, same for me. I always liked writing and like in school, I was always good in like uh, language courses, but um, no, it was just, yeah. And I mean, it was like just a funny idea, like, oh, we could write a book. And I don't know, it's funny that somehow now uh, on the 17th of August, it gets published. So, yeah, yeah, here you are. All right. Before we move deeper into Dodo and the story of Dodo, um, we want to dive deeper into the topic of sustainability and we ask this question every time uh, so let's see where you guys go with it um, but do you have a personal definition of sustainability Ella is nodding so maybe you can go ahead <laughs> Um, yeah, I thought about it quite a lot in these last uh, few weeks and months and yeah, I mean um, strictly speaking um, it means that you, you, you that we must not uh, consume more more resources, uh, more natural resources that we can grow back, right? Um, but for me personally, um, I would say that it means to me that um, on the one hand, we, uh, we leave um, an imprint on the earth as small as possible. Um, and that uh, this 
doesn't mean um, not only in terms of consumption of resources, but also in terms um, of um, of how do you say um, interference? No, interfer interferences um, with uh, with uh, the natural cycles. Um, so yeah. So like plastic, that you don't leave the plastic in, in the park, <laughs> something like that. And uh, on the other hand, um, that a way is found um, that the entire world population can somehow get the same standard of living. And this is not possible with the way we live in the Western world nowadays, um, today. And so this is something that um, sustainability means to me, that that we find a way of living that everybody can live. And on the same side, we um, we don't have an impact on, on natural cycles. Do you agree with that definition, Amelie? Or is there anything you would like to add? Yes, I do. And in our book, how we explain it to, to kids, it's also like that everything we do... Um, we think of what it means to upcoming generations, like what, what it does to the world. So I think it's often like a misunderstanding that it's like, for example, there's a, like a waste cycle because there's not. It's always like some end product being there in the end yeah. that has somehow to be, yeah, that we need to deal with. Um, so, yeah, I think for me personally is, yeah, like Ella said, just leaving like a, like a small, like the smallest possible imprint on what how, like what my living on this earth means like what it what it leaves behind somehow so so you mentioned multiple times that like the individual it's very important for the individual to not leave um, an imprint on the world um so i guess you think that's very important as well do you have any any tips on how to how to do that how to incorporate sustainability into your life yes i think there's several things um also i think it's just even possible like for kids to be aware of that's also what we try to do with our book um i mean that's just the basic stuff that for example you take like a bag when you go grocery shopping that we don't i mean now there's a new law that straws are not longer allowed um so i think there's there's a lot of things that one can do like bringing their own water bottle just like the basic the basic things that already leave leave an imprint but then of course it's also not only individuals that need to to do something it's like big companies because they're like even producing way more waste um as for example we are now in our individual lives so um as you said it's important that the individual does something about it but at the same time it's important that it also comes from like the bigger companies and just yeah i mean it's structural wise very important that there will be a shift to a more sustainable um Yeah, approach on our everyday life. Yeah. Ella, one last favorite sustainability tip from you? <laughs> oh, it's super hard. I think a lot about uh, about it when I'm in the supermarket, and I and I think about should I buy it in a glass or in a tube? And what is what is uh, more environmentally environmentally friendly? Um, and I think um, it's super important to think about it and to speak about it. But as Emily said, it's um, it can become sometimes super frustrating because you know that you as an individual you can't change the world, um, and it's um, it has to change in society and um, in the field of um, of uh, consumerism. 
um, but like from the big companies and from the politics. And um, but when we start as an individual um, doing things and especially speak about it with friends or family, that's a starting point and that's uh, where it starts to get into something real and um, to to uh, that's that's how we can be able to change something because then politics political leaders will hear us and they will somehow um, change the rules of uh, whatever and then it comes to the to the um, to the companies and yeah I think uh, so it's important to do something but uh, don't get crazy about it and don't frustrate. Okay, so let's go one level deeper. You mentioned that like politicians have to do something. What what is it that has to be done to solve the climate crisis on the structural level? I mean, and this question is super hard, you know, because obviously if you were able to answer this, then we wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation. But it's always interesting to see where people who come from these different pillars of sustainability place the focus um, on what has to be done. Yeah, I would say important to have more laws that really have in focus to have less plastic trash because it's I mean yeah like Ella said it's insane like you're in front of like I don't know uh, in the supermarket where you find like cheese and stuff and it's like so so much plastic it almost weighs the same as the cheese inside and that's just I mean it's if you look at it it's just stupid But there's no law that somehow um, prohibits those kind of packaging. Um, so I think that could be a starting point. And yeah. Yeah, I think um, it's innovation. They have to so support innovation and they have to put a lot of money into innovation. Um, because I think it's not realistic that we change our way of life and our way of consumption within our generation. It's not possible. Um, and I think That's why we need innovation. We need um, we need um, new ways of um, of uh, plastic. Of uh, I mean, they already started, right? Uh, they already have this ninety uh, percent recycling pla recycled plastic uh, things, and that you can throw in your garden and it somehow disappears. I'm not sure. Have you ever tried something like this? If it really works, me um, neither. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so I would say, um, yeah, innovation, it's for our generation, uh, the most important things. But I think, uh, yeah, change of society, it's, it needs to be there within, within the next yeah, generations. Yeah, um, yeah, probably a mixture of innovation and also decrease of consumption, right? If you yeah. if you don't consume that much, then you don't have that much plastic. But it's interesting that you brought up the the recyclable um, plastic because I read an article the other day where it said it's actually not that much better. And after that, I was so confused again because you feel like you do a good thing when you buy like something recycled, and then it's the same loop again. And I mean. I studied sustainable development. You wrote a book about plastic. So we are already a little bit more informed than the, the average person. And still for me, it's so hard. Like what about the people who have a nine to five job, three kids? Um, I don't know a house to take care of elderly parents. Like they, they don't have the time and the mind space to constantly, you know, learn more about this and know how to make the right decisions. I think, yeah, I think that's the important thing that it's like more, openly discussed because it's yeah it takes so much time to get informed to 
make own decisions and then somehow the frustration kicks in because yeah like for example also the organic trash bags they say it's super good and then I read an article no it's not because it's not I mean the inside like the the organic garbage is way faster decomposed than um, the the bag so it doesn't really make sense to buy those bags and I think that's also one pillar maybe that could help just openly somehow um yeah educate like yeah make education easier and of course like if the market doesn't change the consumer there's all this broad priority how should the consumer make the decisions if if it's not openly communicated yeah and i mean that we know all those things about it and that we somehow try to adapt our life to our knowledge uh, that's a that's a big, big privilege. We also have to see that all the time, that uh, we have the time, we have the money to do that. Um, and most of the society, um, I, I can only speak about Germany um, or Switzerland, um, they don't have they don't have this privilege. And um, this is also why it's super important that uh, the politics and um, uh, that they start doing something against it so that it's far more easier to get access to, to that knowledge and that it's also um, yeah, easier to be to be part of a change. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think the example example of the trash bags is really is really helpful because you go to the supermarket, you see these two trash bags, and then why can't you know why why do you have both trash bags in the supermarket? If there were laws and regulations, then there would only be one, and then you can only buy this one, um, and it would make everything so much easier. Um. Do you have a favorite resource on sustainability that you turn to for informing yourself? I think we did a lot of research. Um, there's one, because we also talked about um, there's so much different stuff in the supermarket. So um, I think it's, it's a German book, but I think you find the recipes also online. So for example, I do all my stuff for cleaning. I just make it myself. And it's like, because I don't need five different um, things to clean to clean my flat um, and I think that's also like marketing wise from the big companies of course they offer like so much different things and then if there's I don't know like the book is called um, five I can't really translate it actually um, but it's it's a book about or with recipes only five different um, materials like soda and natron is it called in English um, so you can just mix it yourself and then it's so much cheaper and it's so le so little waste afterwards. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, that's because we also give recommendations how in the book, how to, how to use less plastic. That was one, one of my favorite resources, but then, I mean, there's so much information, um, in the internet. So I think we just, yeah, we really had so many good resources. So I think there's many people writing writing great articles about. Especially a lot of good podcasts. <laughs> uh, we also listen a lot to podcasts and uh, our publishing house. Um, I think we get later uh, to it um, to speak about it. Um, but our publishing house, Ökom, it's a German one. And they also um, only have books about uh, sustainability um, and they are also they have super good books and um it's super inspiring inspiring 
Yeah, and I mean, your book is also a great, great resource. So we can definitely, <laughs> definitely also say that. All right, we've been uh, mentioning the book a couple times. Um, and our question is, and this is great because you wrote a children's book, how would you explain your book to children? Who goes first? <laughs> uh, okay. Amelie, um, you want to start? <laughs> um, well, I think basically we wanted to have like one main protagonist that children can identify with. Um, so we came up with a pigeon named Dordu and she's super curious. Like wherever she goes, she asks questions so um, that's how it starts. Um, Dodo lives in this backyard and she's friend with Kim, the girl that lives in the house. Um, so yeah, one evening Kim walks down with so much garbage and Dodo is kind of making fun of her like, oh, wow, so much garbage. <laughs> Why is this um, getting more and more every day? And then Kim is like, oh, okay, I don't want to help in the household. I have to bring down those garbage bags. Da, da, da. And then she throws them in the, in the bin and then somehow one bag breaks and then one little plastic bag, white plastic bag flies away because there's some wind coming. So Dodo is nice and she wants to help Kim and Kim is like trying to get all the garbage back. And then um, this bag flies away. So Dodo says like, oh, I get it for you. And that's how it starts. So I would explain to children like it's a trip around the world with Dodo and we're following her and she's, yeah, she's flying around the world and she meets many, many interesting, funny other animals and they all explain her something about plastic and yeah, she doesn't know much in the beginning, but then as further she travels around and the more she knows about it and is super interested. And in the end, she's like, oh, yeah, we need to do something about it. I have so many questions about how you came up with the story and how you, you know, turned it into a book. Ella, you live in Zürich. Amelie lives in Berlin. How was the writing process for the two of you? Um, uh, a lot. We we met a lot. Um, which um, I traveled like three years ago. I traveled a lot um, to Berlin, and we met. But um, the rest of the time, we wrote uh, individually, and it was quite interesting because we had this uh, main story. We already talked about the main story, so we had this, and then we started with uh, with the chapters, and then we talked before. Firstly, we talked first. We talked about um, what what should happen in this chapter, and then we said um, I was in Zurich and Amelie was in Berlin and we sat on our tables and wrote every chapter like separately and uh, then afterwards we send it we talked about it and it was quite often almost uh, oh, almost the same that we wrote and so um, we, we we picked the best of each um, of each version um, out and that's how how the story grew and it was super interesting and super fun that um, you weren't alone in this writing process. Also, when you some when you sometimes you don't know how to get to the end of one chapter, um, like um, it's too long and it's um, not super like not very catchy and something is missing. And then you talk to the other person about it, and then you you find a way to get there. And uh, that's super funny and super interesting and um i profit a lot from from that co-working uh writing um was was very good experience and i would always do it that way yeah 
yeah it's really like it's good if you if you're like a team because also i mean we said the whole process was three years and also like finding a publisher was um really at some points exhausting so there was always one person who had a bit more like energy and it was like hey no let's go i write it to that one and then the other one had like also i mean we had full-time jobs at the side and was more uptaking with their other work so the other person could like push it a bit and so I, yeah i can totally recommend this kind of co-working when writing a book so yeah what i also find is so inspiring because amelie and i've we've been talking a lot about the book on our trip and she mentioned that you never really had major disagreements like working three years with a close friend on a book you know it, it kind of calls for a lot of different troubles but from what i understood um you managed to be really civil and very, you know, like being a really good team about it. So I think that's, that's really great. Yeah. 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 I, w yeah, I would never want to write a book without Amelie now because, <laughs> uh, because it's so helpful. Really, as you said, like sometimes you're really low in energy and then the other person is coming and motivating you and it's super, super great. And I think, yeah, we, we never disagreed on something we always found. I think we never found a compromise because we were, we always agreed on what the other, um, person said so I think it's um it was really really good that we were uh, such good friends before already and that we have this uh, super respect um for the other person this big respect and um that was super helpful um right. yeah no, I think that's great. And one thing that you also mentioned Amelie is that this entire book was some sort of a family business as well um since your dad made the yeah, the drawings for the book. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, it's it was so interesting to see this whole process because, I mean, now we have the book in our hands and it, it's a book and it's beautiful. And But it's insane how much work a book like this takes. It's really, it's crazy because every, it's 56 pages and every page is also with a... Um, with a drawing so um yeah maybe you can just talk a little bit about how we found the like when we found the editor um mm -hmm. there was of course the next question okay who who can help us with illustrations and i mean it's because we're really not good at illustrating no. <laughs> no 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 that was not an option at all <laughs> so um yeah and then of course money wise it's very difficult as well um because also we did a crowdfunding for our book so um, we found the Ökom uh, publisher um, or editor, and then they said we can do a crowdfunding with their platform, which was great. Um, so we had to pre-sell books um, and get 5,000 euros, around 5,000 euros. Um, so when we achieved that, and we were super happy about it, of course, it was the next step. Okay, so who does the layout? Who does the illustrations? And then, of course... Um, also, yeah, with um, yeah, money-wise, it was not that easy because it takes so much time, like so many hours to do that. Um, so, yeah, I was very lucky because at some point <laughs> my dad was like, oh, yeah, maybe I could. Like, I always wanted to illustrate a book, um, what I didn't know before. And then, so he came into our... Um, but I think at that point, we didn't know how much work it will be. Yeah, I think true. we were all we, surprised how many hours he had to work or how many <laughs> months he had to work yeah. on that. 
So I think at the end, it was also really my mom suffering from this whole thing because it was Corona and like my parents are like a, <laughs> a Corona um, shared apartment, of course. So they didn't see many other people. But then my dad was only drawing pigeons all night long. <laughs> at some point, my mom was like, oh, my God, this has to stop. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and then also my sister she's a graphic designer so um at some point we were like oh wow we have now all this beautiful things so who puts it together <laughs> and then we sister. thought that we could do it <laughs> yeah we tried ourselves but it was really not that easy um yeah but also i mean for example ella's sister helped us with social media and it was like so many friends helping us and um so in the end i think it was just really good teamwork from all sides yeah yeah Because, I mean, money-wise, it's really hard to, to, to start being an author and to, to write a book, uh, when you never, when you've never written something before. Because, um, the publisher, they, uh, yes, they produce the book, uh, and they help you with that. But all the rest you have to do by yourself. And in the end, yeah, you get money from, from the selling. Um, but you could never, pay a salary to to uh, to an artist um for drawing all those um all those um um pictures for for our book it's yeah so it's just passion <laughs> a shout out to to amelie's uh, family and to ella's family for helping with the book um ella are you coming to berlin on august 17 and what are your plans for that big day <laughs> uh, yes, I'm coming to Berlin, but the weekend after, um, yeah, I have to work <laughs> uh, because the 17th is on so Tuesday, I guess. And so we will celebrate on Zoom, but I think we are all uh, very used to, to that kind of celebrations <laughs> now. Um, but then the weekend after, we will meet in Berlin and we will celebrate a bit with our families because, yeah, I mean, we still can't have a big party at the moment. But I think that's, that's uh, already really cool that we can meet actually to celebrate it. Yeah, that's very true. Amelie, I've been seeing you work during our stay here in Sweden quite a lot. You've been writing to people and I know you're also very excited to actually go back home to Berlin to see the published book. But what are your tasks now that you've like, you know, you wrote the book, the book is with the publisher, it's not published yet, but it will be published. So so what what happens now? Yeah, at the moment, we um, write lots of emails <laughs> to um, people, to media in order to promote the book um, because I think there's this rule like two months before and two months after the publishing date um, you can really like um, promote the book and of course I mean for us it's so important that many children read this book because that's why we wrote it so we really hope that especially in schools it will be read like my mom tried it with her classes and she said it, it went well and the kids were excited about the story and um, we also for this I think it's almost ready. My sister has to lay out it, but we made like quite um, different um, school materials for the chapters. So um, it's very easy to use the book for school classes. So we even like we said, okay, there's chapter one and two, and then there's those um, different school materials um, a class could do in order to really um, like understand like what is microplastic, how does the yeah like I mean the ocean garbage um i don't know the english word garbage patches for example where are they like very different um takes on what plastic does to our world 
So um, yeah, I think that's that's what we do at the moment to to really promote and try to yeah inform people. One follow up question: Did you ever, during the writing process, involve children in you know like show the book to children and see what their reaction was? Yeah, like my mom mother did. did with her, yeah. yeah, with her classes and yeah. I think, yeah, if she gave us some feedback. We also showed it to other teachers and asked them. Yeah, that's okay. helpful. That's, very, that's probably very helpful to get direct feedback. Because also, I mean, I don't have any, con like not much contact to seven, eight, nine, <laughs> ten year old children, like not at all. So it was good to get some feedback. Yeah. No, that's very true. The book is currently in German. Um, do you have plans on translating it into English? Um, it's up to the publishing house, actually, when they get re requests from other countries, uh, from other publishing houses from other countries, um, it's, uh, they, they will decide if it's worth it uh, okay. to, to translate it. But yeah, we would be super happy. I mean, uh, that's the best thing that could happen, that it uh, gets also around the world, the book, yeah. and not only the, the plastic bag. <laughs> That's true. So let's hope that some publishers are listening to this podcast and then buy your book in German and then ask for it to be translated to English. Um, what do you have any any plans for the two of you? It seems like you're a, you're a, we say in German eingespieltes team. You're a, you're a team that works very well together. Um, do you have any projects for the upcoming future? Yes, we do. Um, I think one other big topic is at the moment the climate crisis. And yeah, we would love to to do like a project with that, maybe again a book. Um, yeah, because also I think it was so interesting to really dig deep into one theme. And um, yeah, I think there's so much I still want to know about climate crisis, what we can do. I mean, it's really like severe at the moment. And I think also now in the news, I figure it's more and more coming with all like, I mean, only the past month with all the climate stuff that like, Christ, or like, how do you say, catastrophes that happened around the world, floodings, and I mean, it's insane. So I really hope that, I think that's the other, I mean, one of so many big topics at the moment, but that's one we would like to to dig deeper in, I guess. Or Allah? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we will be, we will stay both active in environmental protection and we will find uh, new projects. Uh, we already have some things in mind um yeah so i think we will we will definitely uh be working together uh like in the future that's uh, that's for sure i would say amelie <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah we will see um yeah yeah i think education is so important so i think what you've done with the book um is really really valuable The last question that we always ask on this podcast is, you know, if someone wants to write a book, especially about these very, very important topics, do you have any, uh, any tips for them? Amelie, do you have, do you have a tip for someone who wants to write a book? Mm, I think I would just start because it's so interesting, like the whole process. I think, yeah. It, I didn't know that it's so hard to also like find then a nice closure and have like a well-rounded story, but it's also so much fun to like see if I write it in that direction. Oh no, I can't really go there. So I change it a bit. Um, so I think, yeah, I can recommend to everyone, especially I think children's stories are, are really nice and yeah, just get your own fantasy flowing. And 
then of course i mean yeah finding an editor is also very time consuming but um, yeah. yeah yeah i love the fact that uh, when we first met and talked about this book like three years ago um amelie uh, said okay yeah we have to publish it uh, for or we have to publish it for christmas <laughs> and we met in august <laughs> yeah, and, that was maybe a bit too optimistic uh, um, I was already yeah okay let's do Christmas next year <laughs> but yeah. then in the end it took three years and it's quite a long process but uh, and it's super hard to do it to do it uh, besides your job uh, besides your job um, but just if you want to do something like that just do it you find a, you will find a way to publish it somehow especially today it's um, it's super easy to publish something online when you don't find a publisher or publish it by your own um, so yeah you will find a way we were super lucky fi finding a publishing house because um, it's not so often that that when you start writing books um, you, you find some uh, you find someone to who would like to support this uh, we found someone and uh, yeah we were lucky but I think yeah we we would have uh, found other ways as well like publishing it online or think yeah, that, self-publishing awesome. always yeah, a good publishing, option yeah. and also maybe like start a crowdfunding if you're really convinced of your book idea that's also like how it worked for us like yeah if it's a topic that many people are interested in Sure. Totally. And I think with OECOM, you really found uh, a great publishing house. So that's, that's really good for you. Okay, well, then, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. And good luck for your future endeavors. You can find Duodu wherever there are books, I guess, starting August 17. So if you're a German speaker, and you have young kids, this book is especially for kids from seven to 12. Um, so they can learn a lot about plastic. And I heard you also have an Instagram page. So you can find Duodu on Instagram. Yes, and on Facebook. And on Facebook, exactly. All the social medias are covered. I tried to convince Amelie of getting a TikTok. I think it would be also amazing. <laughs> <laughs> But she said, Ella, you're the person who does social media. So <laughs> yes. <laughs> We would talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> let's see how that's going to go. Well, Ella, Amelie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks um, for having us. And good luck. Thank you. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye. podcast was produced by Laura Messner, Rachel Gradin and Olivia Rostang. Social media is handled by Kelsey Medina. This episode was hosted and edited by Laura Messner. A big thanks to today's guests, Amelie Hartung and Ella Giroud for telling us about their book on plastic. A big final thanks to Jake Brzezin for the music. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn at The Masterpods. We post new episodes every Wednesday. <laughs>